You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the comics edition, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. And here's your host, Vince. Hello again, everyone. It is December 1st and time for issue 18 of Bow Down to Us, the comics edition. As usual, this is Vince and I have my regular sidekick back this week. What's up, Roger? How'd you like last week's show? Actually, it was really good. I was was thinking of listening to it when I was, um, while you guys were recording, but then I was doing writing during that time anyways for the site. So I figured I'll get to listen to it as I'm doing the editing anyways. And uh, with the exception of of Joe dropping an F-bomb on a clean podcast inside of two minutes, it was, uh, <laughs> no, it was very good. The uh, it, As is obvious from our other podcasts, I mean, you guys have a good rapport when you guys are, are chatting about any subject. So it, it worked well and I mean, he has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Batman. So it was it was really fun to listen to. Yeah. So uh, definitely going to be seeing some uh, faces popping up every now and then. Of course, we always have big plans going on around here. But this week's issue is yet another special because this week is dedicated to the new Avengers. Giving a a brief backstory here, Brian Michael Bendis is at the same time one of the most loved and most hated writers Marvel has going for them. Most loved because the guy's pretty darn good at what he does, but most hated because he blew up the freaking Avengers. (laughs) So Brian Bendis took over writing the Avengers with issue number 500. Everybody was real excited to see what he had planned for the franchise, and he had four whole issues planned because Avengers was canceled after issue 503 by Bendis completely ending the team. They were at their darkest hour and they just could not regroup. They had to break up. Many of their uh, primary members had died, such as Hawkeye and the Vision. There's just no going back from where they were. Uh, Some time went by and Bendis started writing a new title called The New Avengers, which saw the Avengers kind of getting back together. You know, not a full big team of Avengers. You you had a couple states. Hmm. <laughs> you had a couple uh, of the usuals there. There's Captain America. There was Iron Man. But then you had a whole bunch of I don't want to say nobodies, but you, you had Luke Cage, Spider-Woman. You even had Spider-Man and Wolverine, two characters that that have never really been associated with the Avengers. But the comic was really good. It took off. And tons of things followed after that. You had the Civil War. You had the Dark Reign with uh, Norman Osborn taking over control of the Marvel Universe. The new Avengers were, were at their lowest point. Uh, they, they were had gone underground. Essentially, their actions were illegal. But it was still really good writing, really developing this B-list team of Avengers. So, of course, when things go bad, they eventually get good again. And that brings us to Marvel's current heroic age, which has two separate Avengers titles, both written by Brian Michael Bendis. There is The Avengers, which is your traditional Avengers team, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Hawkeye. And of course, you have uh, Wolverine and Spider-Man still sticking around on that team as well. And they're you know, what you would expect from the Avengers, these big, huge, crazy stories going on. I mean, the first thing had Galactus and time travel and Ultron and you name it all thrown into one. It was just absolute chaos, huge, crazy things going on. Still good fun, though. 
And then you have the new Avengers, which relaunched with a new issue one earlier this year. And that's the B team again. <laughs> and you have Luke Cage as your leader. Uh, you've got his wife, Jessica Jones, tagging along, uh, Iron Fist, Wolverine and Spider-Man are there too. <laughs> you got Miss Marvel, Mockingbird and Hawkeye, as well as the ever-loving blue-eyed thing. So it's a really interesting team here. And the cool dynamic between the two as, is where Avengers is a very story-driven book. The story kind of dictates where everything goes. New Avengers is more character driven. And between the two books, that's what makes this one the most enjoyable, because that's really what Bendis is the best at. How have you found this title, Raj? It's very interesting. The um, While you're on the subject of talking about the two teams, that that's one of the things, though, that I kind of have a little bit of a problem with simply because of the characters that are in both teams. I know that they make a joke about it in the first <laughs> issue with Wolverine saying that's his, his multitasking, that's his mutant ability. Um, but I don't, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. Like you're, you're, you're part of a team or you're not, you're solo kind of thing. But to be a part of two teams doesn't make sense when the concept they're trying to set up is, okay, you guys handle your things over that away kind of thing we're going to be on this coast or whatever handling whatever problems crop up there or whatever if need be we'll work together but how does that work then with the guys that have to travel all over the place to be in both teams let alone wolverine who's also in x-men and, and x-factor or you know whatever the hell that is um what's the one that he's in there the x-force x-force yes. sorry um so you know it's to me, that's then just trying to capitalize on a name for your team. And that's not within the confines of the story, but within the confines of writers and the publisher trying to make the most amount of money for their series. So, of course, they want covers with Wolverine popping his claws. And that's the only thing that I found truly that was a negative in any of these um, I read the six issues and I loved it. I, I really enjoyed the, um, the the entire magical aspect that they had going for these issues. I thought it was really quite fun, with the exception of having to name every spell they're doing. Yeah, I, 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 I overlooked those as I was reading. It. Oh, yeah, it, it was it, I that's nothing slows down a story, especially action scenes like having to read what the name of a spell is and where <laughs> it's from what scroll or page or whatever oh come on give me a break uh, but other than that i i really liked the writing i found that it was a little too dialogue driven and i mean i, I love dialogue i love when dialogue is well done but i found that the writing for these that it's way too dialogue heavy and you've got too many superheroes trying to be the stereotype of spider-man with the quips during fights that to me doesn't work it's too much i think had they only relied on spider-man for that it would have been better but when you have spider-man with power what's her name miss power miss power miss marvel miss marvel and then okay. the thing and then with wolverine as well it's everybody is trying to have these sarcastic quips while they're the action's going on so yeah, I, I can I, see that I thought it was a little too much dialogue. Um, but I mean, again, that's that doesn't take away with how much I enjoyed it. The only thing, like I said, that took away was this concept of 
like really how thin do you have to spread Wolverine before that healing factor <laughs> ain't going to put him back together the way he's supposed to be because it's it's too much. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely understand that. And I do believe that uh, the story is eventually going to lead to the two teams being a little more separated. Uh, we saw, I think it was issue five, uh, Hawkeye completely punking out on the new Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's been acting like a jerk in several other comics right now as well. So something's if, going on with him. If I had a taxi cab thrown on top of me, I wouldn't be in a good mood either. <laughs> <laughs> I'd punk out as well. Yeah, um, I definitely think we're going to be seeing something going on with Wolverine in the near future. Um, his role in X-Force is starting to come to light, and I don't know if uh, the real Avengers are going to take too kindly with him being you know, essentially on a kill squad. So I think he might not be on that team for a little while longer. Spider-Man, I'm honestly not sure because he fits so well on this team, but they're also really developing him as to be more of an A-list hero as he's been portrayed lately. So I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with him. But within the context of this team, it, it it's it's a really great cast of characters that, oh, that, that I sure. love. Oh, yeah. And no. the, the way they're interacting it, it's it's great stuff i in maybe it's because i haven't been reading the avengers so i don't know what the dynamics are between the characters in that one but i have to say that again with the exception of my little qualms about players or characters being spread too thinly especially the thing to me doesn't fit i mean there's already a new york team that he's on and especially the Fantastic Four, to me, have always been much more of their own thing. And I know that it, that's starting to change, but I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's the old schooler in me kind of going, no, that doesn't feel right. But the cast that they put together for this is really good. There's a lot of very interesting group dynamics. They're very interesting. So, like, it, I would I would love to see all of these guys stay within the confines of this Avengers series. And then if they have to leave the other ones, well, so be it. Yeah. So you being the comic noob and having this entire cast of characters to dive in there, is there anybody you really didn't know about or would like to know some more? The, well, I actually, one of the ones that I was planning on asking you about is Luke Cage's wife, okay. because quite frankly, I, at no point did I know that she was a superhero, but again, not really something that I'd followed beforehand, so I had no clue. So obviously she was a superhero. Was she like a, a B-list that nobody knew about, or is she, is she someone important? I'd, I'd say B-list would be giving her too much credit. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> she, she, she was very, very low-powered. Um, she actually ended up kind of retiring from the superhero side of things, uh, doing private investigations and such. Uh, that's how she met up with Luke, because Luke wasn't really doing much superheroing at the time either. And, you know, obviously they had the baby together. And through hormones or what have you, ever since uh, she had the baby, She's been a little stronger than she was previously. So she she's starting to get a little more into the superheroing side of things. Um, during the previous run of New Avengers, uh, Luke Cage had actually been kidnapped by Norman Osborn. And she stepped up to lead the team to go rescue her her husband, boyfriend. I'm not entirely sure what that situation is there. I think it's her husband right now. So she, she's been steadily growing more back into her superhero role. 
she she did a good job in terms of showing that yeah there is a superhero in there somewhere she wasn't backing down from situations kind of thing so mm-hmm. i can see her being a good character and it's not to cast a stereotype of let her be the strong mom now just because she's a woman that's not what i'm i'm saying but i think that it, it, it can still be a good role for her to play. So, and, and it's not that there aren't strong female characters in this team because uh, Ms. Marvel, I thought, did a, a whole hell of a lot more leading of the team than Cage did at any point. Even when he wasn't himself and was, you know, spirited away kind of thing. Um, I thought that she was actually a born leader and... I kind of like that, but I, getting back to Luke's wife again, I think that if they use her as a very strong-willed woman that is going to fill the role of, again, the mom on the side in this case here, not using her too much in the actual superhero stories, but just a very strong supporting character, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, well, it's actually pretty interesting that you brought up the the, the Miss Marvel thing because right after the Civil War, when they split the Avengers into two separate teams, and Luke took the New Avengers underground, Miss Marvel was actually the leader of the Mighty Avengers, the team that was assembled by Iron Man, and they they clashed several times at, at different points. So the two of them being together on the same team is definitely going to be something pretty interesting because they both are you know that alpha role. So it's going to be pretty pretty interesting to see where they go with with the with the dynamic of the team there but especially now that we're on the topic of the female characters one of the most interesting characters in this comic is victoria hand who uh, was selected by steve rogers to be you know kind of their liaison if you will their 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 wow. non-powered <laughs> basically that'll tell the pencil pusher, if you will. Someone someone has to handle all the administration of the team. And the reason why she's so interesting is, you know, a month before this the issue one of this comic came out, she was working for Norman Osborne. She was Norman Osborne's second in command in Hammer, his version of Shield. She was a bad guy. <laughs> but Steve Rogers recognized that while she might have been working counter to what a lot of the heroes were. She was still working in an official government sanctioned capacity and truly trying to do a good job. So while none of the heroes trust her, he he recognized that there is a good person in there. And as we see in that scene with uh, Luke and Wolverine, they're giving her a chance to really try and redeem her, herself, which is obviously a very big thing for Luke Cage. So I, I, I like that nice little choice that that was something really unexpected when this comic came out. I maybe once we get to see more of her you you have obviously seen more of the character than i have um what i saw in these issues i know what they're going for and and i can see the stereotype of the character that they're kind of using i wasn't i i didn't care one way or another put it that way i didn't think that she was nearly as gripping as uh, many of the other characters so oh, no, no, she's especially not in this story but it, yeah. it's definitely something to look forward to because she fills a very interesting role on the team they they cannot do their job without her someone has to be you know the public end of the avengers yeah, stu- superheroes aren't too good at filling out paperwork yeah <laughs> But I mean, the, the the characters are just so absolutely great here. And that, like I said, that's really what separates this one apart from, you know, the Avengers. Because we have all these great scenes. I mean, you can't have Spider-Man and Wolverine in the same comic 
and not at least have one drop down hilarious scene, which, of course, we saw when he stabbed Dr. Strange. Yes. (laughs) You killed them. I didn't kill them. You clawed them. I only popped a little claw. (laughs) Just great stuff between those two. It's always fun. I actually I remembered when you had mentioned that before. And so when I got to that scene, I thought, oh, this is it. This is it. And, and it, <laughs> it was still as funny. Um, they actually I'm hoping that they make better use of Spider-Man in future issues as well, um, because he wasn't nearly as much in this little story arc. Um, granted, that, that that was fine. He, his presence was good in that context but i hope they use him more um i i i really enjoyed some i mean some of it is just the hokey spider-man stuff that you 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 expect but some is the hokey spider-man that's that's dropped down funny when he's taking the baby upstairs so that the baby's gonna be safe (laughs) the mansion is being torn apart and he's asking why can't we have anything nice (laughs) and it's little lines like that that are are really no one else could deliver them in the same way that he can. So yeah, no, there's again though, there's there's certain interactions between the characters that are, for lack of a better term, iconic. And the ones between Spider-Man and Wolverine will if if they're handled properly, will always be iconic. They're there it's just there's so many possibilities of how to play the two together in terms of like what kind of lines to toss at each other. And in the in the hands of someone who knows how to write, which Bendis does it's just hilarious it's 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 a, a, a again a fantastic dynamic which is again why I'm hoping that these two are going to remain on this team so that we get to see a lot more of that in future issues yeah but of course yeah, you know you got to have a good story too and while this wasn't the greatest of stories it was still pretty darn good you had some crazy stuff going on here with Doctor Strange Doctor Voodoo a, Agamotto, like one of the, the, the big superpowers of the Marvel Universe. It's some really insane mystical stuff going on. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I kind of lost track of where everything was going at a couple points. But it was written well enough that we're able to, to, to see it through to its end. Even if you get a little lost, you can still follow along with it and really not lose anything. Especially when you have the huge climax of the super ultra-powered Wolverine, which was cool as crap. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I read all six back-to-back, so I was able to keep a a good grasp of where the story was going. I think that if you had to do it one a month, yeah, you would probably be lost at points or have to go back and always read the last one. Mm. Um, But back-to-back, it did make sense throughout. Again, it was was very well-written. I really enjoyed all of the mystical aspects of the story and how it tied in with the superheroes i it it was not something that was it wasn't something that was separate from what the superheroes were going through and it didn't feel like the superheroes were being shoehorned into a role either it was a really good blend and i mean strange was just and i'm not normally a huge fan of strange i like him if he's well written i like him a lot but it's not I never followed his his series back in the day when I used to read, but this was really good. They did a good job with Strange. I wasn't a great, I wasn't a big fan of of Damon. I he was just a whiny punk that you want to slap. Basically, is all he is. But but he does operate good opposite Doctor Strange. The 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 interaction between the two it does work together. I would say to a certain degree. There's points where 
it felt more, instead of being a partnership, it felt more like Strange was the father figure and Damon was the teenage pain in the butt son that you want to schmuck upside the head and say, well, you just shut That's up. That's about right. Minute. Yeah. <laughs> but see, the problem I have with that, and this is... Um, Without spoiling too much, spoilers, it's not really a spoiler. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to spoil here except, you know, the the, the very end of the last issue. The problem, the the only problem that I had in terms of the writing was the end with Damon. Because basically he spent the story arc being a pain in the ass, being arrogant, being just argumentative, not, and just not caring about anybody else kind of thing. And then at the end, he's coming out to the people and telling them that they should appreciate what the, the Avengers did. And, and, and it didn't fit with the character at all. At all. Not just fit with the character, the whole, that whole last page just felt kind of shoehorned in. Like why were the people there in the first place? I I don't know. Yeah. That was the one black mark on otherwise, you know, 120 great pages. (laughs) Yeah, the I granted again, you've read a lot more than me over the years. So you're saying it was a a good story, very good story, but not necessarily amazing. I granted, I wouldn't necessarily say amazing, but I was very impressed with this story. Oh, yeah. I I really, really enjoyed it a lot. I loved all the characters I loved. And and even though I found it a little dialogue heavy, it still it wasn't bad. It was still very enjoyable. And some of it especially was just fantastic but then it has to that 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 ending has to be something that that um isn't a letdown and i have to say actually that that ending was a letdown simply because it was like look at everything that they did look at everything that's happened and don't blame them for how bad things went or whatever you better appreciate them and and things like that and it's like oh it's it it was preaching at the end and yeah i really didn't like that yeah well, of course, the story is, is only half of what's going on here. Let's take a minute to talk about the artwork in this comic. Oh, Stuart yeah. Emonen is is a freaking god here. I mean, you, you, when you when you compare it to The Avengers, which has art by John Romita Jr., one of the greatest artists of this generation, but he's doing something really funky with his style I've never seen before. And that whole comic is kind of unappealing visually. Whereas you look at this, and when you think Avengers, at least for me, this is what the Avengers is supposed to look like. This is really cool. Like I've got, I've got a bunch of them open on uh, my screen right now, and I'm looking at a variety of different images from the entire story arc, and it is, it, it's not only incredibly accurate. It's not it, nothing's just kind of tossed in. Every there's there's plenty of detail um and and it's gripping too the angles are gripping everything's well done but i mean right down to all of the lighting when you're looking at some of the scenes early on with um strange and damon when they go see dr voodoo and the shadows are i mean there's a lot of detail missing you're not even seeing their eyes just because of the way that the the shadow is cast across her face but it's dynamic it 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 has that sense of mystery about it that fits with what's going on and then when you're looking at because again of course the entire story arc has to do with the, the 
all of these different magical and mystical things going on. All of the spells are really the the colors are just phenomenal, shooting off the page. So yeah, no, the art was pff, spot on. Yeah, there, there's definitely more than just Amonin when it comes to the art, uh, the, the the inking and the coloring. It's all top notch. I mean, especially when you look at you know the light dimension where where they're doing battle and that sort of ethereal look to the art. It it's fantastic. And my God, I. I, I I almost squeed a little bit when Iron Fist showed up wearing that white costume because yeah. <laughs> it was so striking, like so incredible, you know, not that different from his traditional costume, but just the way it was drawn and the way it was colored it <laughs> popped off the page. Like it was amazing. Like, like you can compare it to um, Green Lantern, where, where when you were reading Blackest Night and I said, you know, the, the coloring was so amazing. Never before has white been such an important color and we get that again here it's man it i cannot praise the art highly enough in this one i was it was funny is that when he shows up in that new costume and had someone said okay we're gonna put gold on white i would have thought i don't know but damn is (laughs) you see that scene with him and it's like i thought you know leave it to something like this where the character is sucked out of this plane of existence and when they come back they have a cool new costume so i don't know if they intend on keeping this costume for him i hope so i hope so because christ it's a lot better than his old one but it's like yeah whenever somebody takes off to another dimension and comes back apparently whoever's running that other dimension has got a better fashion sense than who we got here and uh no it looks fantastic we need to send docking over there then yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, that's what it comes down to is just at every possible point, New Avengers is exactly what you want from not just a comic book, but an A-class comic book, something that Avengers should be. And uh, of all the various Avengers titles, uh, the <laughs> Avengers, the Secret Avengers, Avengers Academy, the, out of the whole lineup, this is by far my favorite and the one I recommend to anyone above almost anything else coming out right now, because if you if you're reading comics, you have to at least have, you know, one Avengers title somewhere in your lineup, because you know, that's where all the story really happens that that affects everything else. And if you're only going to read one Avengers, this is definitely the one to read. What I'm looking forward to here is um, hopefully because Strange is not going to remain on the team, correct? Um. He, he was always kind of around the team, but especially now that there is no Sorcerer Supreme because uh, Doctor Strange had to give up that role. He 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 was overusing his power and really mistreating it. So he retired as the Sorcerer Supreme. So now there is no Sorcerer Supreme. So he's going to tie into that storyline somewhere, wherever, whatever comic that's told in. But I don't think he's going to be a regular member of the team now. Right. So, see, that's what I, I, I'm, I'm actually hoping that with various story arcs, what, he, what Bendis does is pick out other characters in the Marvel Universe and let them be a part of the Avengers story arc for, you know, four to six issues kind of thing and make them awesome during that period kind of thing and then move on and and it's it's a good way to introduce not introduce because everybody knows them but to to allow other important characters and sometimes not as important characters in the marvel universe to have their moment to shine with the avengers kind of thing for an absolutely epic 
story arc. So I'm hoping that we're going to see a lot more of that. Well, issue seven is definitely going to be very entertaining because it, it's really going to be their first chance to settle in as a team. I mean, they, they were having breakfast getting, you know, just just getting started and, you know, all hell literally broke loose. So issue seven is going to be you know kind of like the start of the team story. And um, as they say in, in the teaser at the last page of issue six, the nanny cometh. <laughs> this is something that the fans have been asking about at, at comic cons. Who's going to be the nanny for Luke and Jessica's baby. So Bendis has said issue seven is essentially going to be an issue, a, a montage of various heroes of the Marvel universe trying out <laughs> to be the nanny. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the, the, their chance to be as close to Avengers as they could ever be is for babysitting the kid and I, the character they've ch that bendis has chosen to be the nanny it's definitely something out of left field uh, i it's going to be pretty funny <laughs> especially the, the interactions there i i, I think they could have done a little better but still it, it's going to be an interesting issue just to see who they pull out and and how they interact with everybody else it's going to be some fun well, a, it is definitely a series that I'm now going to be following. Very good. That That is what we're here for, to get people to read new comics. So that's going to lead into the What We're Reading segment. And I haven't had much the last couple of weeks because I've been otherwise occupied. But I do have something this week. Uh, the comic I've been reading uh, quite a bit lately is called Preacher. It is written by Garth Ennis, and it's definitely something unique. Um, Ennis spent several years working on the Hellblazer title, uh, which you know is is was the uh, the source for the movie Constantine. And as bad as the movie was, the comic has been pretty darn good for a long time. So he took a lot of the elements of Constantine or Hellblazer, excuse me, and and kind of refined it a bit into his own title, Preacher. Uh, preacher follows this is the story following this, you know, the small town preacher who basically has a, a supernatural entity bonded to him. And, and the entity gives him, you know, the word of God, finger quotes, where basically if he tells somebody to do something, they've got to do it. It leads to some really entertaining <laughs> scenes where, you know, he kind of offhandedly, you know, accidentally uses the power and tells somebody to go <laughs> themselves, which when they take it literally, hey, that leads to some interesting stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's got some, you know, other characters tagging along with him, his ex-girlfriend who didn't even know he went to become a preacher and the drunk Irish vampire. <laughs> preacher is definitely a very mature comic there, there's a lot of violence there's a lot of adult situations and but there's definitely a lot of uh, humor in here and, and not just joke humor but sitting there staring at the page and just laughing to yourself because you can't believe somebody would actually come up with some of these ideas like what was he on when he wrote this but through the uh, 66 issues i think there are i'm almost through all of it i'm on volume nine of the uh, paperback editions which is the final one it has been a pretty interesting ride. And if you're looking something for something just completely different, Preacher is definitely one to check out. Uh, you got anything today, Raj? Mine has been actually all over the place. Uh, I haven't been concentrating on any one story arc or anything really for the most part. Just kind of getting caught up on a whole bunch of issues that I'd not yet read. Um, I finally finished the last Batman Beyond, which I know that we will have to give 
proper attention to in its own <laughs> segment because it closed out an absolutely amazing story arc and I really enjoyed that final issue a lot. Um, I also read the second part of the Fantastic Four, the final three story arc as well. You wrote the review, which we have on the site, and I made sure to read the comic before the review so that nothing would get spoiled. Um, I was actually disappointed with certain aspects of it because I thought that it was a little too all over the place, and I... I, I know that, like you said, too, it's it's the potential red herring, but it feels like there's too many red herrings, too many possibilities of who might be the one that's uh, that's killed off. And I don't know. I really wasn't digging this whole be human for a week kind of thing or a night or whatever it is. Um, I I don't know. I, I, I know what they're trying to do. I'm hoping that it'll be better next time and also the art in that issue oh dude whew. not good not good <laughs> i was not digging that at all and then of course i had some other um some other um, x-men and some wolverine that i've been getting caught up on as well as some spider-man stuff too i did write the spider-man versus wolverine um review for the site i had to go back and read it over a couple of times too as i was writing it and 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 research it uh, that's one of the ones that i remember buying literally when it came out and i it it was at the time, it was important because we didn't have all the crossovers back then. And at the time, it was important because we didn't have all the history of Wolverine. So every little bit that came out was was important and was something that you really couldn't wait to get your hands on. And then, of course, it was the introduction to Spider-Man and Wolverine as a duo. And a lot of the animosity that we know from seeing them together now, it stems from there. So it's important as a historical standpoint as well, <clears throat> pardon me, so that you, you get that history of the characters and why they are the, the way they are. So I really, it's an issue that I was very disappointed when I sold back in the day. Yeah. And I will have to pick up once again to to add to my collection in, in actual paper because I do really like that uh, that issue a lot. Yeah. And, you know, we with our dynamic here, you represent the comic noob side of the equation, more or less. But I, I really have to give it you to have you. To say. I, hey, <laughs> it, it, it's our tagline. I got to put it in every once in a while. But it, this is this is one of those instances where you actually taught me something because I did not know about this particular issue. So I, I really appreciated that review. And uh, well, I'm actually looking. Yeah, I'm looking forward to writing the review of the what if that came out. Like the the Spider-Man versus Wolverine came out in '87, but in 2008 they did a what if Spider-Man with a uh, versus Wolverine, and what it was, it was looking at what would have happened had they remained together in Berlin and essentially um, started a rogue type agency of uh, not agency but rogue team and it's it takes and the one of the reasons i really like it is because it it takes spider-man and changes the character so dramatically and he's no longer the goody two-shoes he takes the route of like that we've seen logan like i mean take so it's a really really fun what if where the the writers were allowed to 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 all the things that we kind of considered about the duo and how to write him and different things and all that, they do it 
in in that darker fashion. And so that's another one that I'm really looking forward to writing that for the site so that people can give that one a shot as well. All right. And, and just to give a, a small little uh bit of, of my own here in response. Uh, I actually have my review for the third issue of that Fantastic Four storyline coming up pretty soon. It, it's near the top of my, my to-do list right now. So uh, reading some of Hickman's writing and other titles, uh, specifically Secret Warriors, it's definitely his style to spend a lot of time setting things up, getting his chessboard just where he wants everything. But the payoff at least thus far in his writing history, has always been worth it. It, it, it is a very slow buildup, but the last two issues of the storyline, I have a lot of faith that uh, it, it's going to be some pretty interesting stuff happening because the, the next issue, again, it's more set up, but we definitely see where everything is going, and, and I'm really looking forward to the next issue myself. But uh, that's going to wrap us up for the week here. We got our new releases as usual to go through. Short list of this week. We have Irredeemable number 20. Been talking an awful lot about that these last couple weeks. Brightest Day number 15. Taskmaster number four, which is the end of that miniseries. It's something that uh, the first three issues I haven't really brought up. But (laughs) man, I am loving that one. Written by Fred Van Lenty, rapidly becoming one of my, my favorite writers these days. Absolutely hilarious and still still telling a really good story underneath it all. And then we get into the meat for the week here. We have Daredevil number 512. I'm not sure if it's the last issue of Daredevil, but if not, it's definitely the next to last because we're reaching the end of his whole storyline going on there. We have Heroes for Hire number one, which uh, takes some of the side stories from the whole Shadowland event and starts spinning that off into its new series uh, of Heroes for Hire, setting up... Various mercenaries and B-list, uh, how do you want to say B-list, some C-list heroes, uh, bringing them together and bringing in heavy hitters as well, like Moon Knight, Punisher and Ghost Rider, mixing them in with guys you've probably never heard of, like Paladin and the Shroud. Really, really excited for that one. But spinning out of Shadowland, Shadowland's not done yet. Oh, yes, it is. Tomorrow, because uh, <laughs> comics are delayed a week because of th- or delayed a day because of Thanksgiving last week. Tomorrow, we get Shadowland issue number five, the grand finale of, well, let's just call it one of our favorite titles of the year. Really looking forward to that. And guess what we're talking about next week? So <laughs> check it out. And that's going to wrap us up here for issue 18 of Bow Down to Us, the comics edition. As always, check us out on the websites. Roger actually wrote something comic related, so make sure you go read it. (laughs) We have our great forums uh, talking about uh, Young Justice just premiered uh, last week on Cartoon Network. Maybe you didn't check that out yet. Dude, no, I didn't. I forgot all about it. All right. (laughs) And uh, of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a review. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week. Not to throw off your groove or anything. Yeah, I had a good one, too. I remembered the issue number and everything. (laughs) Took over as writer with issue 500. Everybody was all excited. And... (laughs) Jeez. Hold on a second. Oh, great. And the phone's dead. (laughs) Hold on, though. I actually do have to get this because it's the wife. Good times, eh? Yeah. You're the one that has to edit it. (laughs) 
I'd feel bad if it was me screwing up, but. 